You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. We asked Gwen, our teaching pastor, to speak to us today about the work of our partners um, in Mennonite Central Committee, which is uh, a relief and development um, organization that works all over the world um, that we are able to share quite a bit of money with through our common fund and through our thrift stores. So this is Gwen, and she's going to tell us more. Thank you, thanks. Do I get a clipper somewhere? South Broad is particularly rich in MCCers. Jill Schellenberger is here. She's a fellow board member and has been for, I think, a decade, huh? Close? Yeah, yeah. So you can ask Jill questions, too. But, you know, we've been in this series about people putting questions forward to the pastors, and someone asked the question, why do we give? And we give a lot, particularly funds from the thrift stores, but we concentrate also funds from our compassion, our, our regular giving. So why do we do that? And they added what I think is an interesting question. Why do we care about anywhere but here, right? Are you going to make this behave for me, Ben? Thanks. <laughs> so that's the question I'm going to try to answer is, what's up with our giving and why it's good for our hearts? to do it. So at least that's what I'm going to try to do. So I thought I would start, though, um, with just some rather personal sharing, because MCC is very important to me. Um, just recently, the board met in Ukraine. We are about to celebrate 100 years of MCC's work in the world. Um, and so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our trip to Ukraine, and I'm going to start, though, with some personal reflections um, about my own experience with MCC, about the ways it's shaped me and drawn me, I think, closer to God. In 1983, when Rod and I were planning to start our first church plant, we lived in Southern California, and we wanted to affiliate with a larger Christian group rather than just being another independent church. In the 80s in California, there were a lot of independent churches. And we wanted to be a part of a larger community who embraced the gospel in the ways we felt convicted um, to embrace the gospel ourselves, following the New Testament as closely as we could without systematic formulations of theology, speaking plainly, reckoning with the violence of our culture through trying to love our enemies, living simply, sharing. We were Anabaptists by personal experience with God rather than by receiving from our parents or from people. We knew about the work of MCC and respected all that the organization was doing around the world, building partnerships with local people to meet dire needs for relief, development, and peace. It was actually because of MCC that we contacted in our little area of Southern California Mennonite and these other 
churches that were listed in the Mennonite handbook as BIC churches, B-I-C churches. Never heard of the Brethren in Christ. But our sense of um, calling to plant a new expression of the church seemed to line up in these ways. And these were the denominations that supported MCC, various Mennonite denominations, as well as the Brethren in Christ. So that's how we got connected. We got connected to the Brethren in Christ and doing this work that we continue to do in Philadelphia because of MCC. Over the years, both Rada and I drew closer to MCC going on learning tours, which I highly recommend. If you want to find out more about how you can do that, talk to me. Um, we learned firsthand about work in other parts of the world. Um, and the more we learned, the more convinced we were that um, MCC provides an absolutely vital link for Jesus followers um, with the church around the world and with people God loves in faraway places. Personally, I've been drawn into broken places by God, and I've found through my contact with MCC workers that we can find joy even in the darkest of times and situations. We find it not by being effective or successful and not even by being safe. We find joy in the dark by giving what we can and letting it all be in God's hands. It's a pretty simple formula. We find joy in the dark by giving what we can and letting it be in God's hands. And I'm convinced that giving is a primary way God brings us into new freedom in our own lives. MCC demonstrates this. MCC is your hands and feet around this country and around the world. So when we came to Philadelphia to start Circle of Hope, we dreamed of working within the MCC thrift network that we had learned about because we knew that what Philly needed was jobs. We wanted to provide jobs for underskilled workers and to raise funds to give to MCC who could then give them to the hungry, oppressed, and displaced peoples of the world. You know, living in North America, where we have such a high percentage of the world's wealth and resources, is simply not easy for Jesus followers. It can lull us into very dangerous territory spiritually. We're surrounded by bids for our attention and advertisements to buy more and more things, to gain more and more experiences, to fill up our appetites. But this consumerist way of life is making us very poor lovers, and it's making us woefully discontent. We knew our new church would have to find a way to help all of us shake ourselves awake to the needs outside our view and to wake us up to the depth of the compassion that God has poured on us and extends to the world. We knew we would never be able to show urban adults who Jesus is without some way to demonstrate the wide, inclusive love of Christ tangibly. MCC was the natural resource that we turned to, to make giving the bedrock of our teaching and of our community. Martha Grace, Jess Mintz, Jimmy, the whole team at Circle Thrift have far exceeded our early dreams for what that would mean in terms of just dollars and cents 
given to people in desperate need, and providing jobs and skills. Interestingly enough, you give and things come back, it seems to me. At least that's how it keeps happening in my life. Rod and I have a great nephew who lived with us for a couple of years here in Philly. He had been struggling after high school in a very depressed area of California, so he came to live with us, and he got a job with Circle Thrift, and it was through that work that he gained much-needed skill and experience just in how to be a worker in the world. He learned much more about himself and gained lots of confidence. Our dream of giving was circling back, and we were receiving benefits in surprising ways. And then in the last 11 years, I've served on MCC's um, National Board of Directors. This past year, I became the chair of the board. I've gotten my own chance to serve God through MCC in this work, and it has shaped how I see the world, how I understand love, and how I experience God. MCC is just vitally personal <laughs> to me, so I'm glad to answer this question in particular about why MCC is a place that we focus in, in our giving. But I sort of want to let my friend Ron talk to you first. Ron is the executive director of MCC, and recently, just right after our return from Ukraine this past summer, he did a short video um, with a couple that talks about a couple that we met there and some of the work there. So um, I'm hoping that uh, this short video gives you a, a bit of a glimpse of just answering the question, what is MCC? Bread. In God's name, bread. MCC volunteer A.J. Miller remembers arriving at the train station in Zaporozhye, Ukraine. The skeleton-like people lurching toward him, wailing for food. Mennonites in Ukraine were starving. There was war and disease and famine and and they wrote to their brothers and sisters in, in North America, can you help us? Can you help us? And Mennonites in North America didn't have a history of working together, and they didn't know if they could come together, but in the end, they agreed that they could help their brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And that is how MCC began. And so for a period of almost two years, MCC was feeding 25,000 people every day. When I was in Ukraine, I had a chance to visit one of the very first Mennonite feeding stations. And at a memorial nearby, uh, we remembered the people served and the volunteers uh, with a simple meal, much like what would have been prepared for these uh, feeding stations, uh, bread, porridge, uh, and hot cocoa. And MCC is still here still working with churches and other partners. One partner is the New Life Charitable Fund. And we had a chance to meet a family, a family who lived in the conflict zone, a family who didn't want to leave because of their severely disabled daughter. But eventually, the fighting came to their neighborhood and they had to flee to the basement. And when they were able to come up out of the basement after the bombing had stopped, their roof was entirely gone, and all that greeted them was the sky above. New Life is helping them with uh, utility payments, and food parcels, and medicine, and much more. Another partner of MCC's is the Zaporozhye Baptist Union, 
who's distributing material aids to people in need, displaced families and others. They say they want to help people have a, a new chance in life and that they couldn't do what they do without MCC's help. We visited a family and uh, the mother told us how much these material resources meant to her family and how much they helped give them hope for the life ahead. Says the prophet in Lamentations, do not close your ear to my cries for help, but give me relief. For almost a hundred years now, MCC has been providing the bread of the Lord's compassion and the abundance of God's steadfast love to people in need in Ukraine and all over the world. One of the things I love most about MCC is this partnering process. It's about relationship. It's about going places and working with the people who are there so that they gain dignity, so that they are able to meet one another's needs. And uh, the model has been going on in this way for a hundred years now. And uh, this is Katie, who is the one of the country reps in Ukraine right now. And she reminded us of all the failures that occurred as the first people arrived trying to bring food into the famine areas in the early 1920s. Took them a year and a half. Ron's quote from the beginning there is actually from journals that we still have of the workers that went early on to try to figure out, okay, how do we help and uh, the, uh, the frustration, the bureaucratic snafus, all this stuff just kept happening while they saw people starving. It was wrenching. Um, there's a lot of tears that go into trying to serve a world in need. In North America, we often equate failure with God's absence or disapproval. If it doesn't work, God must not be in it. It's just the way we lean, I think, culturally. But the motivation to give in a world where fear rules so freely must be rooted more deeply in us. We meet God in failure. We meet God as we attempt to offer what we can with the sort of love God has shown us. Persistence, seeking love. Love that doesn't quit and doesn't measure our worth or our deserving. Love that gives. My favorite story that Katie told us was about a game they play in Ukraine, the children play. It's a children's game, a little like tag, but... In this game, the children sort of organize themselves and they end up, their, their task is to go from station to station trying to accomplish different things and they run around to do all of this. And at each of the various stations that they run to, they're frustrated by, they say, no, you can't get that done here. You'll have to come back tomorrow or you have to go over here and, and over here they'll tell you what you need to do. And so you go over there and they say, oh, no, 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 you have to go over there to get that information. Or by the way, you need to come back to this other place. And so the kids are all running helter-skelter. And guess what they call this game? 
bureaucracy. So the kids are the kids are are gaining skills in what their adult lives will be like. And uh, it's uh, it's certainly true in Philadelphia as well. <laughs> we traveled around Ukraine. It was super hot. Oh my gosh, we were in sweaty buses. I don't know if you can see Jill in this little picture that my friend Virgo was taking. I, I don't see her, but but we are all piled in these buses um, and we're driving around to meet partners working hard to meet the needs of vulnerable people. Boris is in the middle here. Um, he's a chef in a recovery house, himself a former addict. He's holding up cans of meat. Can you see that? I thought he was almost in a rocky stance there. And he's holding up cans of meat that were canned by Old Order Mennonites in Lancaster County. So you have this sense of people who are vastly different and who have lived disparate lives in every sense and they benefit one from the other. One getting to give, another receiving really life-sustaining calories in the form of the canned meat. Um, in the bottom corner, Jill, do you remember, I thought his name was Peter, but I'm not sure. I'm going to call him Peter. Yeah, so when we went to visit Peter, th this kind of couple of hours were deeply impactful for me. It was Peter's 75th birthday. Ron references this couple. They have a 43-year-old severely disabled daughter that they've cared for all of her life. And they were at the front lines where the war is, the, the Russians and the Ukrainians are at war over Russian aggression, basically. And um, so they had to flee. They, they stayed as long as they could. And now they're living in a home that's sort of borrowed, um, and so they don't have to pay rent, and they're getting sustenance through help of one of MCC's partner organizations. But Peter, when we first came, he was sort of not, he, he looked depressed to me, um, the psychologist in me, and, uh, and he was talking about uh, saying something like, I don't know how many times I can tell my story, just feeling the depth of the trauma he experienced. You know, trauma in, in its original derivation means a wound to the soul. And uh, I think that's exactly what Peter was feeling. He had so loved where he used to live. <laughs> been able to garden, been able to care for this dear daughter who's completely bedridden and non-communicative. His losses were written all over his face. And slowly as he spoke, and then as we sang the Ukrainian birthday song, which I certainly cannot repeat for you, um, but he really seemed to rally. At least that was what I thought. And then I was sure of it. When we, we were all leaving, we'd gone out and gotten back in our sweaty bus, and he came all the way out and climbed on the bus and just peeked his head around the corner and looking down the bus aisle then, and he had the brightest smile on his face. It just beamed, and he had just walked out to say goodbye. 
And it struck me that human contact is vital. Just human kindness, just a moment in the name of Christ. It crosses all kinds of barriers. When Paul is saying goodbye to his friends from Ephesus, he does not expect to be alive to see them again. And these are his parting words from Acts 20. I think they speak loudly to how we can find joy even in our darkest times and places in our lives. It is in giving that we receive, he admonishes us, I think, as well. As MCC and our partners find joy in the work so we can join this sort of against all odds effort to spread good regardless of the difficulties and regardless even of our successes or our failures. Our giving to MCC is a response to the great good we have been given by God. That is all it is. God's love is the reason we give. We partner with MCC because they are us. They work out an understanding, out of an understanding of the gospel as Jesus' love compelling us to simply be like him, going to meet people in need wherever they are with compassion, with healing, with reconciliation, and with love. You know, we really give to MCC because they are us. The other very personal story to our family is that when Ben was in college, he spent a year in Mexico City as a SALT worker, students and learning together. SALT is the program. And it was during that year that God convinced him he should be a pastor. And he is. <laughs> He's pastoring our congregation in New Jersey right now. It means a lot to me that it's, it's in this process of, of joining with God in the world, even when what we seem to be able to do feels like a drop in the bucket, even when the injustices pile up to the sky and maybe the we hear it over our heads as Alex was getting us to sing, but it's like we can't quite get up in it, right? Even in that, maybe in particularly right there, the work is worth doing. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, many of us have lived unconsciously denying ourselves in unhealthy ways. And then we have also unconsciously been surprised by our anger and our choices to get something for ourselves. We in North America need the wider view of the world that offers us freedom from the consumer culture in which we are drowning. Some of you may remember our old friend Jenny O'Donnell, Jenny worked with Project Home for many years directing outreach on the streets of Philadelphia with homeless people. She knew the suffering of the homeless and the mentally ill, but she never recommended giving them a single dollar. I can still remember her looking me dead in the eye and saying, don't you do it. 
She said, send them to me. <laughs> she always pressed us to send the beggars to her to where the need for relationship and for food were joined together. She didn't want us to give a dollar that would be used on destructive drugs or making the needy person a target. She wanted us to be smart in our giving. MCC is part of our attempt to be smart in our giving. In a partnership model, a joining together to share from the reservoirs of God's love, that's what MCC offers us. That's why we give to MCC. And it's vital that we think about someplace other than just here. I think it's vital to us. It's been proven over and over again in my life. I hope you'll pray about it and ask God because I think he'll prove it again to you. It's just more blessed to give than receive. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.